You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's jump into QB1. So much to get to Justin Fields. This was the game that I think one day we'll look back and could, you know, if everything goes well and everybody stays healthy and things to continue to progress, this will be the game you point to that stands out this season as the moment that his attention was taken seriously, not only in Chicago, where I think people have been waiting for this to happen, but around the league where I think it's beginning to get noticed. So where do you want to start in terms of the, de- the defining moment? Because there were several you could argue, I think I know which way you're headed. Yeah, I mean, the obvious one here is pretty pr- pretty obvious, right? The 61-yard touchdown run is the moment that Soldier Field was electrified, right? And it was the moment where you say, man, that's, that's a play that there's very few guys in this league that can make. I thought it was interesting to hear some of the comments coming out of the Dolphins locker room, right? As, as much excitement as there was inside Soldier Field, as much excitement as there is amongst Bears players, as much excitement as there is with the Bears coaching staff, to hear an opponent offer the level of respect that Dolphins players and coaches offered after that game about what Justin Fields did on that football field is notable to me because it caught their attention, right? And it's going to catch more people's attention as we go forward because they had things deployed, right? They had a game plan to try to stop him. They had spies in certain instances and they couldn't, they couldn't tackle him when they needed to get a stop on third down and he got out on a tuck and run and converted it. In that instance, as Fields told us after the game, he's looking for Darnell Mooney, right? And he doesn't see him and then he sees him. And then just as he's about to throw, Mooney kind of turns. And so he's got to make a split second decision. And not only does Justin Fields make a split second decision to run, but he hits the gas pedal. Right, and he gets up to 20.3 miles per hour, according to Next Gen stats, in the matter of a, a second. Right, and, and he's down the field. And when you watch that and rewatch it and watch it a third time, you see five Dolphins defenders helplessly swinging at him like they're wily coyote chasing the Roadrunner, David. I mean, it, it, it's it was almost embarrassing watching how flummoxed those guys were. And, and it's just it's 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 a it's special gifts, right? That you can knock on Justin Fields for his shortcomings all you want. And in in some instances, you'll be justified. But when you have special gifts like that, you can change games. And he obviously did that on Sunday afternoon. Well, you can't coach it. He's scheme proof in those situations for defenses because what do you do? You had the pocket collapsed. You had coverage in in place. And yet you gave up a 61-yard play. So it's one of those things that defensive coordinators just can't account for. And there's only a handful of players that can make defenses look that silly at certain times. That's a good one. I'll go uh, because of the variety of skills it required. I'll go with the Cole Komet 18-yard touchdown, the one that was the bootleg action. Because I think a a couple of things stood out to me about, you know, the defining moment. I think we're all trying to figure out exactly what this means and, and where this is headed. 
on that play, the ball handling in the backfield was outstanding. Yes. And I think that showed to me an attention to detail, coaching evidence that I think is important because we're going to give Luke Getzey a lot of credit, Andrew Janoco a lot of credit, and Flusi as well. But Justin Fields had a fumbling problem in the first half of the season. And on that play, he was handling the ball like a skilled point guard with the, with on the dribble. And I think what you saw was, you know, the act, it, it was deceptive. And I think that's good. So then he was moving the pocket. He's better on the run. And then he put the ball exactly where he needed to put it, which was what you like to see. And then who he was throwing to was also significant because as I think you'd agree, getting Cole Komet involved was is one of the sneaky good things that Luke Getze has done the last three weeks that's coincided with Justin Fields' Uh, ascension. And I think that play included all the things you want to see from a mobile quarterback, a young quarterback, and the development of that rapport between him and the tight end. Yeah, well, you know me. I'm not sold on Cole Komet. I need uh, more, <laughs> more evidence to, to kind of to kind of point his ear in the right direction. But look, what I love, David, about that particular play is that, like the X's and O's don't have to be complex, right? You just have to execute them, right? And you just have to do some little things really well. And there's a handful of little things on that play that were done really well, starting with Justin's play fake, right? And selling the run. And the Bears have been so effective running the football that now you've got defenses thinking this is 100% a, a you know power run to clear Herbert here. And so we're going to converge on that. The next thing you know, that football is coming off of Justin's hip. He's got Komet wide open and it's an easy pitch and catch. And then Komet's just got to turn up field and see Equinemius St. Brown there to, to set a lead block for him. And he's in the end zone. And there were so many moments, I, I feel like on Sunday, where it was just little things done well that created big results. And that's certainly a, an example of one. Uh, I think it had been 28 games since Cole Komet had scored a touchdown when he went to Dallas and got his first of the season. Now he's got three in two weeks. So that's a, a a big moment there that uh, that is a, a evidence of the connection that continues to grow between Fields and Cole. The next category, more praise on the way on the bright side. So I'll give you Justin's other uh, his, his his second touchdown pass of the first half, which is the corner route to Darnell Mooney. And the thing I loved about that play, David, was everything that happened pre-snap told the Bears that they had the touchdown. Right, Darnell Mooney understood that he had leverage against Xavier Howard and just had to make sure that he ran a crisp corner route and sold it to the inside. Right. And then, and then made his breakout. Justin understood that, that they're in a single high look and he's got a, a spy kind of looking for him. And so he's got that, those two elements to account for. And he knows that Dante Pettis can come from outside of Mooney and run a little bit of a screen on Mooney's defender, and then also occupy the safety. And so as soon as you trust all those things, you trust the route, you trust the pocket, you trust your own playmaking ability to make a throw, it's all there. So it's a trust play. And Mooney runs a great route and Fields makes a great throw and it connects. And for the first time this year, those two guys have their own end zone celebration in the north end zone at Soldier Field. And it's a big moment, right? As as they continue to grow and get that chemistry going. It's a big moment because of how it happened and who it happened against. That was a Pro Bowl cornerback. That was a big-time throw, and that was a terrific route. And those three things are what you need to see. This wasn't some guy they signed on Tuesday who was in the lineup on Sunday, and this was a sloppy route, and they got lucky. This was precise, and this was everything you want between your 
number one receiver and your QB one quarterback. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And so it's impressive to see those guys continue to hit it. I thought that, you know, the, the, the general vibe in the locker room on Sunday afternoon is that there is buy-in right to the growth of this offense and the buy-in comes because the results have come. Right. right. And, and that's an example where it's like, okay, you know, now we're humming now let's keep it rolling. So let me tell you mine, and it was it kind of speaks to the excitement of the day, maybe even in a loss, but mine came and it wasn't even a completion. It wasn't okay. even uh, maybe an official play. It was a penalty, and oh. it came on the fifth play of the game, and it's third and two, and Chase Claypool is in the game, and you wonder, hmm, number one, you think, third and two first third down he's in the game that's interesting i wonder how many snaps he's going to have today it would be 25 right or 26 i think it's and 26 yeah so he plays 26 snaps on the first third and two what does justin fields do he gives him a chance to make a play chase claypool 50 50 ball and it's supposed to be 70 30 he's going <laughs> up to get it right because he just increases your percentage i like that I like that uh, aggressiveness. I like that reality. I like that he's here and you're using him uh, immediately. There's no ramp up period. There's no, oh, we need to get him ready. He needs to understand uh, he's not at 200 level or three. He's on the field. Your first third down, they give him a chance to make the play. He doesn't come down with the catch, but he gets a 28-yard pass interference penalty. And he should have had two pass interference penalties on the day, as we pointed out in the opening segment. Chase Claypool is going to make an impact on this offense. And Justin Fields showed me in that fifth play, maybe this is overstating it, that he trusts him to make a play, and that's a big step. There should have been 65 total yards of PI penalties drawn by by Chase Claypool, right? And that's a big, big day, and those are hidden yards that the passing offense could sorely need, use, right, Like as, as they continue uh, building going forward. So, I, I mean, look, like they're going to try to get Chase Claypool more involved and more involved and more involved, and they're going to see how much he can handle and get him involved in this passing attack. And all of a sudden, that just makes everything else you do a little bit more potent because now you've got guys in multiple spots with Komet and Mooney and and, and uh, Claypool and, and the other guys running around out there that are going to be able to give you some more pop in the passing game. Let's see where they go going forward. Okay, so there were some uh-oh moments. What was yours? Yeah, for me, I, I, I'm just going to flush out a little bit of what we talked about on Sunday evening with the idea that the Bears had the football twice in the fourth quarter at home with a chance to go put together a drive to tie the game or, or, or win the game, and they failed twice. And not only did they fail twice, David, they called 12 passing plays on those two possessions, and they only completed two passes for three yards, right? There's four tuck-and-run scrambles in there. There's four incompletions in there. And there, uh, what, what's the other? two plays that I'm missing there. There's all oh, the two sacks, right? There's, there's two sacks. There's four completions, four tuck and run scrambles and, and two sacks in that. One of those is a tuck and run sack that Justin took. And so it's, it's evidence for you that the passing attack is not flowing. Right, right. It's not in a complete rhythm. All right. And so like, look, I'm not raising a, a stink about it after a performance like Sundays, you get 30 plus points. You get a quarterback having a record setting day. You go home and you celebrate all of the positive firework shows that you watched. But at the same time, you look at the, the passing stats, right? For the league and the bears are dead last in the league in passing offense. And there's 70 yards almost out of the top 25, right? Like they would have to average 70 yards more per game just to crack the top 25 in passing offense. And so it tells you there's more room to grow there. The other part of this is finishing games, right? Like moral victories are great. 
but eventually actual victories are going to define who you are. And, and, and you know how quarterback play is defined in this league. You have success by being good on third down. You have success by being good in the red zone and the legends make their names by, by going and leading game winning drives late in games. And so you had an opportunity just like you had against uh, Washington in your previous home game. And so two consecutive home games, you've missed chances to win games with drives late and it's not to be overlooked. I will tell you that inside the locker room, there was that feeling Darnell Mooney, uh, Khalil Herbert after the game said, man, it's really frustrating to understand we had that chance and we couldn't capitalize. And then Cole Komet, I thought, had the final word here on Monday afternoon at Hallis Hall when he was asked about those final two drives. And here's what he had to say about that sequence. Well, I think that's the next next step, right? You know, I think, um, you know, we're putting up points and the past three weeks we've been able to do that. But I think if we want to, you know, we want to be a championship team, like that's the stuff, that's what the NFL is, you know, two-minute situations, end of half, end of the game, uh, executing in those situations. Um, so that's the next step for us, for sure. You know, being able to win those games, those shootout games. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the next step for the offense. You guys have been pretty good at the end of the half to the start of the third quarter late. Yeah. I think it's a little different, you know. Um, I think when you're in those situations, you can still kind of stick to really just running your offense and knowing they're going to be in their base stuff. Um, and obviously, I think Luke's had great halftime adjustments all year. So, you know, the coaches get a quick look at what they've been doing and you get a plan coming out knowing the first, you know, 10 plays or so of coming coming out in the second half and you're able to kind of scheme that stuff up. So it's a little different uh, between that and at the end of the game when you got two-minute situation and, you know, it's known passing or, you know, they know that they can allow some yards and, and things of that nature. So, um, but like I said, I think that's the next step for us and winning those games for sure next step right like that, that, that's the clear self-aware uh commentary by by commit and and others in this offense saying that's the next step we got to go we got to go capitalize on those moments yes we're growing we got to take the next step and that's a that's a huge step right i think that's a huge step for an offense and a team is learning how to win close games late with your offense yeah instead of the, it's so weird and contrary to the way the chicago bears uh, fans and the fan base, the media, everybody views the Bears. Defense is going to bail people out. Defense is going to win football games. Entirely different approach to to watching football and your expectation level. And you know why the Kansas City Chiefs won that Sunday night game? Because they've won that game 15 times, right, over the last five years with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. And even on a night where they were sloppy, you yeah. know, you're, you're in a one-score game late, and you're like, oh, Patrick's going to go lead us on a touchdown drive. Then he's going to get us a two-point conversion. Then we're going to get the ball in overtime, and we're going to have a scoring drive. And there was never a doubt in that Chiefs uh, huddle or on the sideline that they were going to win the football game. And they won the football game because they've built up that confidence and that experience in those moments to go ahead and seize them. And so that, again, next step for the Bears. The only uh – -oh moment I saw was the, the negated interception that was probably <laughs> again the Bears may have gotten a break there of offsetting penalties Howard made a nice play and break on the ball that was underthrown uh, did he hold they said he did um, to make that play but that's one of those things that in you know in the NBA game you could call traveling every possession in the NFL game you could call holding every every snap so I wondered if um, the Bears got a break there because it was a turnover that didn't happen and it was a throw I think he probably would want back when watching it again. And it was one of those things. And one of the few times all day you were like, uh Oh, 
he should not have thrown that one. So that definitely fit the the category. Yeah, bad decision. There's no yeah. question. It was a bad decision, and it was kind of a, a bad throw too. It just didn't have any any juice on it, and and Howard was able to undercut it and pick it off. And that's in Bears territory, right? And that's a game changing mistake if you don't get the offsetting penalty. So uh, yeah, good of you to to bring that up. What uh, what was your big number? Uh, you, you can't go anywhere else but 178. I mean, you just can't go anywhere else but that. I was crunching all the box score numbers. Well, what could what, how could I get creative and come up with a big number for for this QB one segment? It's 178. When you when you set a record, an NFL record, right, and you run for 178 yards in a game. Michael Vick, by the way, his 173 yard performance 20 years ago included overtime and it included a 46 yard run to beat the Vikings to get his total up to 173. So just Justin's performance through that lens is even better than we originally thought. And it's just, it, it's just a remarkable performance that everyone who saw it, fans, media, teammates, coaches, opponents, everyone agreed it was electric. And so you can't go anywhere but there for me. My, um, my big numbers, just to compliment and to balance out the, uh, the praise for the <laughs> running prowess is 106.7. Two straight games, over 100 passer rating. This is probably something more people who are pushing back a little bit. I know, Dan, you've gotten some pushback at the notion (laughs) that the Bears offense, passing offense specifically, might not be as sophisticated as it needs to be or as polished as it will be. But 106.7, if you're a quarterback who's known as a runner, you're going to cling to that number as a passer and say, look, look, I'm efficient. I can be explosive and I can avoid the interception because I tell you what, that number would not have been over a hundred throws <laughs> that pick. That's why that pick was so important because passer rating, it, it takes away the interceptions. It, it rewards efficiency and protecting the football. Look, and we talked about this on Sunday afternoon. Justin has not topped 200 yards passing in eight of his nine starts this year. I think it's 14 and 19 in his, in his career. You, you got to start, hitting that number a little bit more, right? It's to have the production, not just passer rating, but actual passing yards. My big number could have been, David, 1,203. That, as of uh, 421 on November 7th, is the number of comments I got on that post-game tweet that I sent <laughs> on the way down the locker. So, so that's an all-timer for me. I set a record, too. So, And you <laughs> know what? That's a great number. It's in the 1,200s. That, as a number, is barely higher than the number of yards Justin Fields is on pace to gain on the ground this year. Okay. I think 1160 or so. That's pretty amazing. Can you imagine, can you imagine having a Bears quarterback with more than a thousand yards rushing in his second season? That would be something he's on track to do, but something that would be amazing. Yeah, it's it, honestly, it's something we need to start tracking, right? Just as I'm uh, tracking the Bears' pursuit of a 3,000-yard rushing season as a team, right? Those are some some cool milestones for us to track uh, down the final two months of a, of a year that obviously doesn't have a whole lot else attached in terms of significance. And so, yeah, write them down. We'll revisit them and, and keep track of the pace that these guys are on.